Yes. But we're just talking about dog teeth. Yeah, as one does. Welcome to Book Talk Live. Let's learn about Danny's dog's teeth. <laughs> we, we use this time to catch up. We need to catch up. We, we definitely do. So like, yeah, Lance, he's old and he has a habit of like licking himself. Just um, there was a, a great visual there of... <laughs> Yes, if you're just yeah, listening, you know, we were trying to reenact this for you. Uh, but because he licks, he eats his fur and it had gotten wrapped around one of his tiny little back teeth. And there was nothing like the vet could do because he is a cavy and has heart issues. So they were like, just watch it. Like you've got an appointment for an EKG and like, we'll do the best we can. Well, we found it on the floor yesterday. Jen stepped on it. And so I'm like, well, like, let's open his mouth. And uh, Jen ended up having to just hold the flashlight because she freaks out. And I got like a big wad of dog hair out of uh, it. It was so gross. So I called the vet this morning and I was like, hey, so like his tooth fell out and I pulled a wad of fur out of the tooth space. But he seems fine. And they were like, oh, oh okay. I had one one dog yeah. that had really weak teeth and he had one fang that stuck up and it, like he had lost most of his other teeth, but just the one fang. And one day I, I one of the other dogs was playing with something and just uh -oh. flinging it in the air and it was the tooth. <laughs> but yeah, so so we have a, dog, a vet appointment for the end of September for Lance so they can just take a look at his tooth space. That was the soonest they could get him in. They are so booked. Wow, that's terrible. If it's, she was like, if it's urgent, you can call every day at eight and get one of our emergency appointments. And I was like, well, he's eating fine. He doesn't really seem to care. Like, I guess we'll just monitor it. Yeah. Wow, that's rough, though. Yeah, they're all inundated. Yeah. But okay, so um, welcome to Book Talk Live and also known as Teeth Chat. <laughs> yeah, well, dog, dog and hair chat, which we covered both bases right there. Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, I'm Melanie. I'm the adult services manager at MacArthur Library. And I'm Danny, the teen services librarian at the MacArthur Public Library. And should we play our theme song? Yeah. Oh, we should okay. definitely play our theme song. Uh, there it is. It always makes me laugh, kind of make me, makes me nostalgic when I see the old photos from, because this is our second season, and now yeah. official podcast as well. We've been doing this for over a year. So and, and masking and washing our hands a lot and standing behind glass. But it's all good because we're going to get through this. That's what I keep telling everybody. We're just going to get through it together. We have to just do the best we can, and then we'll get there. Yep. So um, we're changing things up today after an interesting conversation the other day about tough guys. <laughs> like, where do you go? No. So um, we realized that most of the time we're covering genres that are things we like. And not to say that I don't like these books because I think I've read all, all of the authors that I'm presenting today I've read. 
but we decided that we would change things up and try to select books that maybe appeal to an audience that's not watching the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so we're doing tough guy authors. Yeah, so I called them gritty books because they're not really tough guy books in teen. Yeah, that's but, true. That, like every, all of them deal with gritty subjects. So I was like, mm, that that works. Yeah, no, it totally works. It works. Um, and as always, feel free to comment and your comment will get featured on screen. So, um, yeah, so, well, it started, it started, I'll, I'll use this as my first book because okay. that's really how the conversation started. You put but that one last. You want me to do, oh, you put that one last. Should we, last. <laughs> I mean, we can do it first. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, um, but it started with a conversation the other day because I constantly try to read things that I wouldn't normally read because we do a lot of readers advisory at MacArthur library okay. and we're like a tremendous amount. Like we're constantly recommending things to people when they come in. And so I shake things up and I try to, there's only a couple of genres that I really have not really gotten through at Westerns. I just, it's just not my thing. Westerns, although I have read some authors that are considered sort of Western authors, but I'm not a huge fan of Westerns and religious fiction. Yeah. It's not, it's just not my thing. And so I have read some, I have gotten through some, but I just, yeah, it's just not my thing. So, um, but I have read a surprising amount of authors that you'd sort of consider these masculine authors. And so this weekend, there was, there's this author that's sort of been on my radar for the last couple of months named Jack Carr. And I kept thinking like, you know, where's he coming from? He kind of came out of the blue. Uh, a couple of years ago, there was an author, Nick Petrie, same kind of thing, but he actually has a lot of sensitivity and there's not a lot of um, sort of like very masculine themes to the, to the books. And so I decided this weekend that I would read one of the Jack Carr books so that I get a sense of what he is like as an author and, you know, what kind of people, you know, like what kind of authors are reader likes, you know, so if somebody comes in and they say, oh, my favorite author is this, you know, and I can put them, point them toward Jack Carr. And so I read it over the weekend and I was totally engaged. It was a very fast read. And the only way I can really say what they, it, it really was like revenge fiction. These horrible things happen and then the guy seeks revenge and that's what he does. And there was a lot of bloodshed, a lot of guns, a lot of military experience. Um, but like I said, compelling read, really fast, moves right along. Um, and so this is the most recent one in the series. The one that I read was actually The Terminal List. And the main character is James Reese. So I was telling Danny the other day, this is what I read over the weekend. It was a really, you know, it was a big tough guy book. And so I'm going to show you the author because we also have discovered that most of the books written in the genre have very specific author pictures. So you can see, like, they never smile. They're never going to be like this, hi, I'm a, I'm a book author. But they're very like, oh, yeah, that, that's a very good, tough, tough look, Danny. I mean, I was just thinking that the standards are very interesting because, like, if I took that photo as an author, people would say that I have RBF. What's RBF? You haven't, you've never heard of Oh, it. okay. Never mind. I know what that means. <laughs> it's, it's resting face. 
So, you know, what's really funny is I, I don't think I could, I, I'm just naturally a smiley person. I smile all the time and I'm not a very serious person. So I would have a really hard time trying to look tough. Like people would just probably think I'm ill. <laughs> I, I tend to have a pretty so, strong RBF, but mostly that's just because I get sucked into whatever I'm doing. And then I just have no, like, I don't have a happy face expression on. It's just like a and people are like, oh, you look so mean. And I'm like, no, I'm just not paying attention. All right. All right. Let's take a take a moment to try to do our tough guy. Look. Our tough guy face. Wait. I can't do it. I just can't do it. I just want to giggle. Yeah, it's just not my thing. But that Cheryl <laughs> says that she doesn't ever smile. Um she has she totally has RBF and has been loving the masks. I mean that's I not true. I, I picture you as, all the time. I picture you smiling all the time. Uh I will so. say that I love the mask because nobody has told me to smile in two years. Yeah. I always think it's great too because you save on lipstick. Like everything. I haven't bought foundation in two years. I have I like get these so I got I, I went rogue and got flowered masks just I, i'm i stick with the easily washable sport well, masks. Th these are the the knit ones that are like t-shirt material mm -hmm. and so anyway I, I i am kind of enjoying it i feel like you know it doesn't really go with what i'm wearing but i usually just like you i wear the plain black ones and then they're good with everything yeah it's like a little black mask i mean mine are sport themed which amuses me greatly but so we have <laughs> We have um, the Reebok ones, and then the, we have Adidas because Jen likes Adidas. Yeah. I don't really care one way or another. They're just masks. To me. <laughs> uh, Cheryl says she smiles when she's at the library because it's her happy place. It's my happy place. Maybe that's it. Maybe we're just generally happy people. Um, so the cool, so anyway, so Danny and I got in this conversation Monday about this book that I had read and how all the authors sort of pose in this really specific way when they're having their author pictures taken. And so Jack Carr is the same. And the, so so we were looking it up and it turns out that this series is made, being made into a TV series starring Chris Pratt. Get and I can't, I can't repeat what he said about the series because it's on the website and it has swear words in it, which I guess also makes you sort of tough. Although I didn't remember, there are some, there's some bad language in this book, but he was sort of a likable character. There were some likable characters in it. And the interesting, another interesting facet of this book is that because the author was a Navy SEAL and military person, the book had to be submitted to the United States government to be authorized that it wasn't giving out any secrets. That's kind so, of cool. Yeah. It was, it, it, so it, so it, it feels like it must be true. Kind of relevant given, you know, the situation in Afghanistan right now is that, you know, with all the military things, some of this is, does, if I, if I remember right, it does take place in Afghanistan. So, um, so sort of some insight into the military, you know, the tough guy military realm. The only thing, and we were talking about this is that I don't necessarily know if I agree with the political, you know, it's sort of political, Maybe I don't know. They kind of changed the names to protect the innocent, but um, there it, it does definitely have a political feel to it. But um, so anyway, so that's what we're covering today. We're covering these gritty books that are things that may be a little outside our comfort zone. Um, that's actually a really good segue for what was supposed to be my last book, but is now going to be my first book. Also, look at this little book room that I made. It's adorable. 
I love it because we're outside. Yeah, so we're sitting in like little hanging chairs and there's sun and yeah, it's just fun. All right, hey, so maybe we should do outside edition next week. Like we could sit out at the staff picnic table. Yeah, we can do. We can That'd be kind of fun. We could be, we could do outdoor books outdoors. Now we're going to get a hurricane or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to go out of order now too. This, this one is my first book um, and it's called Let's Go Swimming on Doomsday. I'm just going to flash back and forth between us and the covers. So this is Let's Go Swimming on Doomsday. And this one is not written by a guy, so it doesn't have the brooding author picture. It's written by Natalie Anderson. And I, I picked it because it's kind of an edgy book, but it also goes really well with your last book. Um, this is the story of Abdi, and Abdi's family is kidnapped. And when they're all kidnapped, he is forced to do kind of the unthinkable for him. And that is become a child soldier with the jihad group al Shahib, in order to try and save his family. And it felt really relevant because of the whole world situation and the Taliban and the jihads and how it's not necessarily a black or white thing. And it's very emotional, very, very hard to deal with for a lot of people and uh, how Abdi trains with these jihadists and he sees atrocity, atrocity after atrocity becoming more and more of a monster himself until he doesn't know if he really is a monster or if he's just trying to save himself. Um, and eventually he finds himself in Kenya where he is able to kind of come to terms with a lot of things. And it's it's not an easy book to read, so it fits into that that gritty, edgy uh, category. Um, but yeah, yeah I, you know, like, yeah. But, you know, that's brilliant, the way you put that, is that it's not an easy read. So the, I, I you know, like, can you say that you enjoy a book that has so much violence in it? There's been a lot of books where I, I felt like, been like, I can't give this five stars because that feels like I enjoyed it, but it was really well written or really descriptive or, but I didn't enjoy it. It made me feel things and think. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but, but I guess that's it is that like, you know, are the, the books that I selected, are they the best written books? But there's a certain amount of just adrenaline junkie kind of stuff it's for the same reason that you like the fast and the furious or a mm -hmm. you know a, or a rocky movie or, a, or the, the first, first person shooters or or, or yeah. first blood you know like any of these sort of like violent gratuitously violent books um you know and i and i do think that there there are some differences in the way that we that men and women often approach reading so um you know, and, and we, as, as librarians, it is our job to make sure that we have something for everyone, that we don't skew our collections. And so I try very hard to make sure that we're representing like all of these different genres and all of these different things. And so that being said, I've read all these I, I, I and I kind of like them, but can you just really say, I, I liked this book, even though 20 people died in it and it was really, really violent. Um, I, I don't think know, you like the writing and 
the experience of reading it. But yeah, it's it's a hard thing to quantify. It is. Yeah. So um, what's up next? Uh, let me go back to our little room. I do love our room. It's, the, know, green, it's like the green space. It makes me feel good. Yeah. All right. Um, do you want to just go backwards? Sure. All right. So, so that means you're at this one? Or no. Lee Child. No, Lee Child. Okay. So, right. Um, so yeah, I, it's funny because I didn't even put any notes. Yes, um, yeah, for the, for this one, I didn't put any notes on it for myself. And I was debating because there's something sort of lighter about the Jack Reacher series, but then Jack Reacher really is one of the toughest characters in literary fiction, I think. Um, so his author is Lee Childs. And you can see that he's a, I'm trying to hold it so you can see it. It's sort of that tough guy look, but in a lot of ways, Lee Child is self-deprecating. Uh, like if you read interviews about by Lee Child, he's kind of funny. And he, I think he's sort of like Jack Reacher a bit. So the interesting thing is that this is an American character, but the author is British which I didn't know, I was like looking it up and I'm like, I did not know that he was British. But so, so these were made into movies with Tom Cruise. And anybody that has read the books said, that is a very poor casting choice. <laughs> because Jack Reacher is a very specific character. He's like six foot five, ex-military, blonde haired, very tough. And we all know that Tom Cruise is not a tall blonde person. So, you know, so it seemed very mis mischaracterized. I wonder uh, with that one, if it was something that Tom Cruise pursued instead of the other way around, because Tom Cruise is one of those actors that has like a clause in his contract that like Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. He wants to be recognized as Tom Cruise in all of his movies. Yeah. Like his hair stays very similar, his face shape body type, like all of that. And yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so I think that there were only two films made and if you, they're, they're very watchable, if you go into the idea that you're not married to the character from the book, that it's just like a retelling of the book and you're not, you're not really looking at it as the real Jack Reacher. Um, but he's a very likable creature. creature. <laughs> he's a very likable character. And there have been, like, I don't know, 30 Jack Reachers, and I've read them all, you know, like, I've just read them, I've read them all. And I got to a point where I, I had read them all, like, during, it was during a, a week where we had tons of snowstorms. So I was like, listening to one after the other after the other. And then I started seeing, um, like, terrorists and spies and bombs everywhere. So I was like, okay, I need to take a break from the genre. I need to, <laughs> I need to do something different. So but Jack Reacher doesn't have a like, doesn't really have a home. Jack Reacher doesn't have a car or any belongings or credit cards. He literally walks around with no belongings. When his clothes get dirty, he goes in and buys more clothes and just puts on new clothes. And he has like a half toothbrush in his pocket so that he can survive. And then just, but it. <laughs> I'm over here making faces and, and melting like nasty and gross because that. 
No, he's clean. He always takes showers and, and he stays in hotels and stuff. So he's, you know, he, but, and then he often ends up getting involved with military personnel from before. So like the, he, he goes into a situation and ends up writing wrongs. And that is the beauty. And one of the continuous themes of these books is that there's something overwhelmingly wrong with something that's happening in society. And this person has the power and the capability to go in and fix it. And so I, I think that that's part of the draw. And that's definitely the draw for me with Jack Reacher. So, and he does empower women in this sort of interesting way. I think most of, he's, he's not really like, one of the other authors that I'll mention as we go through, like was very misogynistic in the beginning of his books, you know, like his early books, you thought, ugh. <laughs> but so it's interesting anyway. So it, it, th this is one that I would put in people's hands if they've liked any of these other genres. Yeah. I mean, any of these other authors, I would put Jack Reacher and Lee Child in their hands. So I was just, just thinking a lot of these main characters have a very, Clint Eastwood kind of feel that like squinty eyed look into the distance man of mystery going to come in and fix the things and then disappear off into the sunset on his horse. But I mean, not necessarily a horse, sometimes a motorcycle. <laughs> well, but you've got to remember they're they're almost always tough, handsome, um, virile, <laughs> Like the, you know, a ladies' man. They, there is a certain amount of uh, the same, you know, the sameness. Is that you never find this like five Spanish foot, nerd. five foot four computer nerd being the guy that saves the day. You know that that's like a different genre all in itself. This is a very specific kind of main character, um, and they're always you know pretty tough, big guys that appeal to everyone as this handsome. The Rock. Yeah. The, oh, <laughs> if we, <laughs> the Rock. That's always perfect. Yeah. Well, in this, yeah. Well, in the first case, though, it's Chris Pratt. Yeah. And in the second case, it's Tom Cruise. Chris Pratt was in the Jurassic World movies, and I don't know that I can see him as a big military guy after seeing him with the Velociraptors and stuff. <laughs> I'll have to go back and watch it. I'm curious to see what they'll do. Like, and I, I think hope he's a good choice, though. I think he is a very versatile actor. Yeah, I have a feeling that this again was um, something Chris Pratt saw and said, "I could, I could be this guy." Yeah. So I'm curious. You know. Okay. So when I finished that that book over the weekend, I do want to see what happens. You know, the book was done, the storyline was done, but there is a part of me that wants to go into book two to see what happened to the characters. So. I mean, that's the tag of a good author. Yeah. So, you know, again, so how do you characterize this? Is it something that you've enjoyed or is it the adrenaline rush from the books? It's just a different kind of thing. And th actually, that's a good segue into a comment from Emma. Emma says that they recently finished The Hate You Give and has a really hard time saying it's such a great book. And it's a fabulously written book uh, that they learned a ton from reading, but the topic and themes are difficult, but important. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Like a lot of these themes are really difficult things to wrap. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. You and you and I've talked a lot about that book because that was our first choice for the blaze brewing book yep. club that we were doing. And it was an adult book club, but you know, we're using this teen book which is 
to me, one of the most effective books about talking about racism in the streets. And so I agree. It's not one of those books that you can say you loved, but you can say it was an intelligently designed book to get you thinking about something that is happening in our world. Yeah. And, you know, so maybe that's the sign of a good book. But I, I, I got to say that is one of the most powerful books I've read in I a long time. think the phrase it made me think is one of the highest compliments that that a book can have because if it makes you stop and think you know that that's some powerful writing uh, and emma also comments that she's recommended it to so many people and it's so informative um it's definitely yeah it's a super powerful book um there is a sequel to it that really, my personal opinion is that it didn't quite get as there as The Hate You Give. It's called um, On the Come Up. And it, it just, it didn't have the same punch for me, but it's still really well written. Well, and, and, and it, one, of the, one of the funny things that we've done um, during the pandemic is that, you know, originally they weren't sure whether touch surfaces were spreading COVID. And so we were adhering to all of these guidelines. And so what we've done with most of our book groups is we've purchased titles and then we, we've said, we send them out into the world. And so we know that we've sent like, I don't know, 20 or 25 copies of The Hate You Give that. out into the so world. Many. And it's my hope that this, this powerful book, that the copies that we released into the wild. Yeah. <laughs> went out and spread you know spread because i do think it's a it's a very powerful book and with that one specifically we had a lot of people going well what do i do with it and we were like well if you don't want to keep it pass it on to somebody so i i like to picture the book going to a bunch of different places and hopefully that's the case yeah i always say leave it at the laundromat or leave it in a restaurant or leave it someplace else where somebody can stumble upon it and, um, and, and pass it on there's a, a couple of uh, little free libraries around town. Like there's one by the Saco post office. There's one here by one of the parks. And I was always like, just stick it in there. Somebody will grab it. But, <clears throat> all right. So next for me is, I actually haven't read this one, um, but the cover is amazing. This is Disappeared by Francesco Stork. Um, there's a cover. And the cover is uh, the picture of a kid walking down like a dark alleyway with a uh, lit city at the background. And like, it's really good. Like, look at that. Look at the reflection of the computer screen on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Disappeared. And this is the story of uh, Sarah Zapata, Zap, Zap, Zapta, um, whose best friend was kidnapped by terrorist criminals tormenting Juarez. So there, there's drugs, there's war, there's kidnapping. Um, <clears throat> and the mystery of, of the missing girl. And it goes kind of like in a timeline, it starts off four months ago when, when Sarah's friend was kidnapped. And then four weeks ago, uh, Sarah's brother gets involved with Perla, whose family is kind of at the top of the food chain. 
And then four hours ago, she gets a death threat saying, stop looking into this. <laughs> so it's like impossible choices, the war criminals, drugs, and the the whole like turmoil of that whole situation <laughs> because like in a war uh, in a country run by drug cartels that's just a thing like everybody works there you know just to keep your head down and don't say anything and nothing's gonna happen but then when something does happen do you push back or do you just kind of keep your head down and let it go? Yeah, that's an, you know, as the more we talk about this, one of the other things I think that's very interesting about reading fiction is that a topic is given to you and it allows your brain to work it through in this really interesting way. Like studies have shown that if you read a book and it mentions the smell of coffee, your brain activates the same way as if you smelled the coffee. And so there's gotta be some good reason that like reading thrillers, reading mysteries, reading specific genres that you select does something for your brain. And it's very, it's very healthy thing. So even though these books might be scary, it's probably giving us, um, you know, ways to work through things that frighten us. And they help give you a sense of empathy. There's, there's a couple of books, like they're not on my list now, but there, there's a few books written from the point of view of kids who do terrible things. And you, you read the book and you see their reasons for doing things. And you're like, wow, this is messing with my head because like they think they're doing something right. And they're not and now i'm uncomfortable with my empathy for this person so yeah they they are they books put you in someone else's shoes and like they give you that that feeling of empathy and learning different situations like i am never gonna be a super spy but i can learn about super spying <laughs> i'm never gonna be a navy seal either yeah i'm never gonna be i can do a real push-up <laughs> yeah, I hope that nobody, you know, Deanna can do push-ups. She's not here today, but she can do push-ups, just so you know. Uh, I So I, I do, I have a personal trainer at night um, a couple times a week, and we were doing push-ups one night, and I had just done some lifting, and I go down, and I was like, I'm stuck. <laughs> I can't get back up. And I had, I had gotten like I just done my arms were done and I was stuck in that down position and so now I do what are called cobra push-ups because I get stuck. Yeah, cobra <laughs> pose. Oh, I keep thinking I've got to do some yoga because I'm like all stiff. Ugh. Anyway, we're getting we're getting off topic. Okay. Uh, but Cheryl says that the book cover for Disappeared is very pretty. It is. It is. Even though it sounds really scary. No, it's its own scary. All right. So now, okay. So um, this has to be one of the one of the real tough guy, like the, the, one of the real tough guy pictures of the day. Let, let's go back. Can you see it? There we go. 
So here's another tough guy. So, um, so this one, I, I've only read the first one of this, and this is um, this was number seven in the series, and he's uh, this this one is number seven in the series with eleven projected in two, in twenty twenty two. So number eleven's coming out next year. So number ten must have come out this year. Um, I only read the first one because this is actually an example of a book that I found gratuitously violent, like without being compelling enough to really keep me interested in it. Um, it was, it's, it's actually sort of similar to the Jack Carr thing where there's, you know, the family is the, I'd say that this one reads more like a born legacy book or, you know, with more spy CIA military stuff rather than I'm a Navy SEAL and then there's a threat at home kind of a thing. Um, so I didn't love it as much, but the interesting thing about Mark Greeny is that he is a continuator. That's the appropriate war word. Um, so for Tom Clancy, which is not on my list, but um, Tom Clancy, actually his picture isn't too tough. Like it's just sort of generally I mean, tough. But Clancy, that's a very 70s picture. Yeah, well, but he, so Tom Clancy died, I think, um, I wrote them down, but I think he was either 2010 or 2013, like, cause there's two authors that are continuators. And that's the thing is that like, you, for, for people that are really into Tom Clancy, their character was Jack Ryan and they didn't want to see that character end. And so what we're seeing more and more, especially with some of these very, um, specific tough guy series, military series, we're seeing these continuators carry the series on even after the author has passed. And so Mark Greeny is the continuator for the Jack Ryan series. So the TV shows that are on Amazon Prime with John Krasinski, is it Krasin John Krasinski? Is the Jack Ryan. So there's like young Jack Ryan and Jack Ryan. So anyway, so Tom Clancy lives on, even though he's been dead for like 12, you know, 12 years. So it's sort of interesting. So, so I put Mark Greeny on the list because he's got his own series for the gray man, which is like an agent and uh, lots of violence, lots of like tough military stuff. And he's also continuing the series started by Tom Clancy ages ago with um, the hunt for red October. I don't know if you can see this either. I'm trying to zoom in, but uh, apparently Lee Child, your <laughs> author, loves this series. So. Yes, yeah. So I mean, there is definitely this is I you know it's I don't think that anybody would ever call it a genre of its own, but it really kind of is. It kind of is. It is a very specific type of book. It is, yeah. And if somebody came in and was like, "I want readalikes like Tom Clancy or Dean Koontz or Lee Child, I would know exactly what they wanted. Yeah. Um, so. All right. So my next one is another kind of like uh, difficult theme book. And this one's actually a National Book Award finalist, but I don't have a sticker on my copy. This is pa Patron Saints of Nothing by Randy Rebay. And I love this cover. It's it's a very, it feels cover. Like you can just feel that this character 
is not happy. He it's a, a picture of uh, a Latino boy with flames coming out of him. And he's he's very that typical um, RBF face with flames in his hand. <laughs> uh, back so, so like, yeah, you can see the cover is just very it's very attention grabbing. Um, and Cheryl has a comment about it and say, I, Cheryl says this book was nothing like she expected, but that she learned so much and it was so good. And she had no clue about any of the topics in it. So yeah, that's, it's another one of those ones that you're like, I did not know that. So this is uh, Jay Riguero and he plans to spend his last year as a senior hanging out, playing video games, just like chilling before going to college. But then his he discovers that his Filipino cousin has been murdered as part of President Duarte's war on drugs, and no one in the family wants to talk about it. So everything is kept under the rug. Everything is very hush-hush, and Jay decides to travel to the Philippines to find out just what in the heck is going on. And as he uncovers things, he's forced to come to terms with that fact that not everybody is who you think they are and like the different different aspects to everybody uh not sometimes the truth is not fun uh so this it's another one that has a lot of, of complex themes going on in it and it's another one that will make you think. So we it's categorized as a mystery, but I don't really think it's a mystery. Um, I think it is it's more one of those edgy make you think books. It looks great. <laughs> okay, so um so this particular one is probably probably my favorite of these reads. And I mean, this is the best author portrait of the day. Like, like can we even do that? Like, I don't like, know, my arms aren't that big. His arms like, are like the size of tree trunks. They are, it really is like, it's the perfect one. And, but the funny thing is, so, so here's, here's the thing. So this guy, it's funny because I, I was reading his bio, the author's bio today. And I was a hundred percent convinced that he must've gone to Maine Maritime Academy. Oh, I think I remember you talking about this because, one. Because there's scenes in these books where that take place in Castine, Maine. And having you know like my family they're all engineers and and you know like they're in two of them are in the energy field it, i i was completely convinced that this was a maine maritime graduate that had like come you know come from massachusetts and gone to school in in maine um but in, he did not and he actually was like a speech writer and worked under the you know during the reagan administration worked for the department of energy writing speeches and did all this other stuff and has degrees from other locations but his main character is a a guy named Dewey Andreas and Dewey is a retired military person that gets into huge, like international things where, you know, they're going to blow up huge things that, you know, like huge 
conspiracy theory things. And there's something that's so surreal about this author and the writing style that they're just kind of fun, even though there is a lot of violence and blowing things up and everything. Um, so in one scene, this just gives you an example. In one of the scenes in one of the books, Dewey is struck by a bullet and he removes the bullet from his own arm and then sews it up. I think it was with dental floss. So he's MacGyver? <laughs> you know, and so the people that have, like, I, I remember reading the reviews after, you know, after this book. And the funny thing is that some people were like, that is so completely, un, you know, it, it's not, it, it's impossible. It's implausible. It's, and yet there's still something sort of fun about them. So they're, they're ridiculous. They kind of remind me of some of the Clive Costler ones where, you know, they're overwhelming, like, you know, these huge, like they're going to shake Antarctica and then it's going to create these earthquakes that resound. And then this particular country becomes the major country because everything else has had earthquakes, you know, like weird, like, which I think was the premise of shockwave, his book shockwave, you know, they're, they're sort of just implausible. So um, I think if you liked Clive Cussler, you're going to like Ben Coe's. There is this main tie where they have some scenes that take place in casting that makes it sort of fun. Um, and there's, I think eight or nine in the series, his most recent one, the Island just came out in the last week. So I think it's funny that, people fixate on like that one tiny detail when the entire premise of the book, yeah. you're like, you're going to fix it. You're, you're okay. We're going to fixate on this. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it. You know what other book I always, it was totally off topic, but um, the, the Diana Gabaldon books are like, you know, a thousand pages long. They're, yeah. they're huge mammoth books and they're, there are some violent, heinous characters and so terrible violence. And yet in the entire scheme of those th thousand pages, it's probably 20 pages, 20 pages, you know, and people will say, I can never read her again because it was that, you know, that, but I, in, in, in that case, I kind of get it because the, some of the scenes are, but anyway, that's off topic, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I kind of agree. Like it's not the whole realm of the, the book, but there is something that has, I mean, I've, I've read through all of its series and I have the Island on my device to read next. So yeah. <laughs> all right. This one, this is this again with the wrong titles. Not that you can see it because I'm hiding them now. I have to fix my links. Apparently failed. Um, so this one that I chose is a bit older and I chose it because like when I think of stereotypical boy books, this is one of the books that I always think of. This is, this is like a really go-to book, uh, The Enemy by Charlie Higson. And it's just, it's a very good standby for somebody who doesn't like to read, but likes things that are kind of spooky, scary. Um, this came out during the zombie craze. So, you know, it looks absolutely disgusting. Um, and it does have, have zombies in it, but it's more of a horror edgy book. Um, <clears throat> so everyone over the age of 14 has succumbed to a 
terrible virus. <laughs> hey, is that your RBF? Yeah, that would be my RBF. <laughs> um, but in, instead of just getting, instead of getting COVID, they become zombies. Uh, <laughs> and now all of the kids have to kind of team together and keep themselves alive. Uh, and then they call it the sickness. So when the sickness comes, every parent, every police officer, every teacher, every politician, every single adult gets sick. The lucky ones are the ones that die. The unlucky ones are the ones that become like this weird zombie-esque creature uh, and they try to eat people. <laughs> and the the kids under the age of 14 all band together and they fight to su survive and they go on a quest across London trying to find the safe place. So it, it's a survival story. It's you, there's a common enemy. Everybody has to team together. Unlikely heroes type of thing. So, yeah. But, yeah. The Enemy by Charlie Higson. All right. So my final one. I'll put this down on the floor. So my final one is... Um, Does it have a cover picture? Yeah, it's fine. I brought the book. Okay. Um, and I don't know, this is a run for the money for Ben Coe's, okay? And and the reason I picked him, because this is a little different in the sense that it's not like an, you know, an international scale of espionage. This is just the, this is a, a for hire private detective, tough guy um, with a best friend who does the dirty work, which is a really common theme in like 80s, 70s and 80s privatized. There's always somebody that does the revenge stuff for you. Um, but this has to be, it's usually with a Rottweiler, but this one was close. Okay. Can you see it? You know, and like, I mean the total, like, you know, oh, I'm so tough. I'm very, very strong. I'm going to um, be horrible. He looks like one of the village people. Well, so, I mean, but this is an older book, but because his later ones, ironically, he actually is kind of smiling in. And that was to like the James Patterson-esque photo with like the half smirk. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, there's nothing that, I mean, like, look at this cover. Like, that's just awesome. Um, and so this is Robert B. Parker and he actually died in 2010. But when you're thinking about like tough detective guys, everybody knows Spencer for hire. And there were a couple, I think that were sort of like national security issue kind of things like later on. Um, and, and he's one, again, I probably would not put him in the hands of people because he, this is the one that I was saying was kind of misogynistic. Like his early books, he treats his significant other really poorly. And it really bothered me. And it was a lot of this, like, you know, sizing up women and, you know, like, I'm so, I'm so cool. Like all women would fall in love with me the moment they see me. Um, but he really grew, I think, as an author. So this was number 19. There were 39 written by Robert Parker. Um, and he has a continuator named Ace Atkins. Oh, I and, did not know that. And his, yeah, so his series has continued on. And so now it says Robert Parker's blah, 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 because it's not actually Robert Parker writing. He's been gone for 11 years now. And Ace Atkins himself is a tough guy. Whoops. A little bit more though. There we go. Yep. Like I really wonder mm -hmm. what some of these people would look like if they like smiled and or had happy. pictures in color. 
Yeah. And just looked like, yeah, like I, I am, you know, so it must be this thing that has to do with, but anyways, that being said, the Robert Parker books improved toward the end where he was very respectful of his partner. And, you know, so he sort of grew with the times because I do think that there was kind of a, there, there definitely was this real specific misogyny that was in place when his books first started that was more acceptable you know, I mean, less acceptable as time went on. And so as an author and hopefully as a person, he sort of grew. And I haven't read the Ace Atkins one because, you know, I didn't love the series enough enough to, you know, enough to have somebody else continuing it for me to follow it along. So, but those are my, those are my man books for today. (laughs) All right. So my last one uh, my last book is All American Boys by Jason Reynolds. And we start when we started talking about uh, like books for boys, again, this is one that I, I immediately thought of him, um, All American Boys and Walter Dean Myers. And this one, I don't know how well you can see it, but it won the Walter Dean Myers Book Award. Um, and also the um, Coretta Scott King honor award uh, for nonviolent social change. Can, can um, I ask you a quick question? I don't want to interrupt your flow, oh, but yeah. was this before he wrote Stamped or after? Before. Okay, that's interesting. This one is from when? This one came out when I still worked in Lewiston, 2015. Yeah, so this has been around for a little while. Um, go back to the the book record yeah so it came out in 2015 um and it won it won awards after that it won the 2016 coretta scott king honor and we don't have it when it won the walter dean myers award so it was after the record was created but yeah this one's been around for a while and it, it's very much like a like the hate you give, um, but a, a little bit edgier, a little bit grittier, um, less less palatable than the hate you give, um, a little bit less social justice as well. Um, so this is the story of two Springfield High students, a white student and a black student. And Rashid is a black artist. He is a Rothsi member. So he's, you know, he wants to join the military. And Quinn, a white varsity basketball player. And one day Rashid is at the corner grocery store when he trips and drops a bag of chips. And one of Quinn's friends sees this happen. And his friend is an off-duty police officer, automatically assumes that Rashid stole the chips and starts beating the ever-loving snot out of Rashid uh, to the point where Rashid spends weeks in the hospital recovering. And it's coming to terms with what Quinn saw and what happened to Rashid. And Quinn has to make the choice to either stand up and say something 
like, hey, I saw this happen. This is what happened. Or do they go along with the officer's story? So. Wow. Yeah, very powerful. Um, Jason Reynolds, an amazing writer, an amazing storyteller. Um, <clears throat> just so powerful. Like the things he writes are amazing. You know, he's an amazing author. He doesn't have that stoic uh, image, but his stuff is is so powerful, so edgy. Just, it's another one of those books that you're gonna read it and you're gonna go. I need to think about this for a while. Yeah, which is and true it, of the hate you give too. Yeah, I it mean, really like makes you question a lot of of privilege that we take for granted. And of course, so um, Kendi, the author Imran Kendi, wrote uh, the adult version, stamped from the beginning, essentially, you know, stamped. Um, it has a longer subtitle, but then J he and Jason Reynolds partnered to come out with a teen version of Stamped, which has been the basis of a lot of conversation in Maine. We, we Biddeford hosted a, um, a book group about the book stamped and uh, you know really really impressive work a, a, a great adaptation for teens that makes it really accessible um, for all for all ages and they, they talk about racism and a lot of the side effects of, of racism in a frank open way that's not so a lot of times when we talk about racism and the effects, people automatically start getting defensive. And Jason Reynolds has a talent of putting it in such, in such a way, I don't want to say blunt, but in, in very clear terms, that's like, no, this is just the way it is. Like, it's not a personal attack. This is just the way it is. And it, he is he's just so skilled with that so emma if you're still watching or listening and you really enjoyed the hate you well if you learned a lot from reading the hate you give uh take a look at all american boys and stamped they're definitely and stamped was another book that we put a lot of copies out into the wild last year 30 maybe 30 40 it was great. a lot i like i think we we have we have at least two of the audios, because I bought one, you bought one. And then we have, I think, two copies in YA and three or four in, in adult fiction, because that is also one that, that goes out a lot um, on interlibrary loan. So we send it all over the state. Yeah. And uh, I also, I want to put a push for that one for the audio book. Um, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that, that's one that I've listened to, not all of it on audiobook, uh, because I have a hard time with audiobooks, but, um, oh, I deleted it from my library. I was going to say who the reader was, but. Uh, <laughs> and it is, um, it is in Cloud Library, owned, yeah. owned by our library and Cloud Library, which should make it fairly accessible for people. So let's see if I can so. find the record for Stamped. 
Yeah, we did. We did a very, I, I feel like today was more serious than we normally do. We usually are a little bit lighter and more, you know, kind of, but th I think it was a good one. You know, it's a, it's a good one. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of these books are. Yeah. All right. So here's, oh, so Jason Reynolds is the narrator. Now I feel stupid. <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember that either. No, but yeah. So we have, we have a ton of copies of these. They're amazing. Pick it up, read it. Think. Yeah. Use it for your book group. Yeah. We're do we, we actually have a lot of, um, a lot of multiple copies of different books that we've used for book groups that we're going to open up to the public. So if you're running a book club at home and you need book club titles, we can get you like 10 copies at a time and it'll work out great. And they range from uh, young adult to adult because I, we have a bunch, we have um, some, the dumpling book. I can't remember the title, <laughs> but it's purple. It's the purple one. <laughs> The purple book. The purple one. Wow. I our next, I've had two, we're, for, for our next book club, we're reading Dear Edward, which I haven't read yet. And I've had two people say that they weren't 100% that they could, sure they could discuss it because it's a very emotional read. So I'm curious to see. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I actually, I, I feel terrible, but I am, I'm putting a pause on Books and Brews right now because I'm dealing with a lot of family fun and I don't have uh, the extra spoons to do books and brews. So I, I emailed everyone and I said, Hey friends, uh, I'm going to have to pause for the month of September. We'll come back in October and I will have books and everything for everybody, but I can't, I couldn't do it without putting my full attention on the book club. And I don't Did, have full attention. Uh, right now. Is, um, is blaze um, open in the tent? Yet? Uh, they don't have a, tent right now but they have a lovely patio oh nice yes and so maybe like, in october we should do an outside book group just for fun yeah and I'm, I'm hoping to either do like a group book for that one or do the like what we've read over the summer let's talk about some cool powerful books type of thing i just yeah summer has been a lot it has and 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 we, we it's so funny though because um like I was so pleased to know that people from book group felt comfortable enough reaching out to me and saying, I got a lot going on right now. Like this is a tough thing. And so like we've, we've said this before, but if you ever need to reach out to your librarian, do it. <laughs> you know, like It happens all the time and we're pretty comfortable with that. You know, we're pretty comfortable with you. We'd rather, we'd rather think that we would, could offer some minute form of help than to, you know, to, to, to not to have people struggling with loneliness during the pandemic or struggling with other things. Yeah, shoot us an email and you're like, hey, I'm struggling right now. I need some book. I need some brain candy. We're going to be all over that. Like, yeah. we will send you so much brain candy. Um, <laughs> like, we'll send you stuff that can help you process. We will send you resources. If you need stuff, like, reach out. <laughs> now I'm going to make myself off a clump. Yeah, we've really, we keep saying, you know, we just have to get through the summer, but we're going to do it as a team because it's just been such a rough summer and it's been everybody, you know, like we really, like nobody has come away from the summer unscathed. I think it's just been a rough, a rough year. So anyway, so reach out to us if you need that kind of library friendship. Come visit us. Yeah. 
All right. So I saw my boss walking by earlier looking for me. So I guess I've got to go and do some work now. I got a weird look from Jeff as well. I'm sitting here in the dark. So on that note, we will end Book Talk Live. Join us next week for more shenanigans. Yes. And we'll try to pick a happy topic next week. I'm watching. We were going to pick something weird like ugly covers or something. Now I don't remember. Yeah, well, we talked about favorite cover. We were talking about whether we should do favorite covers, but then there's some covers that we hate. Like, and as always, if you have suggestions for topics, leave them in the comments or message us. Yes, for sure. And we'll probably have some of our, um, our some of our fellow librarians with us next week. Who yeah, are we're either going to do more more MacArthur people, or we'll get some special guests from outside, which we could be know. very fun. Could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah, could be fun. Have a great week, everyone.